One, one little example of one of the ways we can get off track and get ourselves into trouble. seems there are an unlimited amount of ways to get sidetracked and keep from focusing on the things that we need to really focus on, and we wind up in trouble. That's what we're going to start talking about in this message series. We're going to look at how God's Word, the Bible, keeps us from getting tangled up in emotions, thoughts, habits that tie us up in knots, that get us caught in their web, and keep us from fulfilling God's purpose. God God really wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to do well in the roles that we play in life. Uh, We all have different roles. Husband, wife, parent, child, student, friend, boss, employee, co-worker, citizen, time manager, money manager. God, God wants us to do well. And He's given us His Word, the Bible, so that we have a clear framework and some guidelines for how to live, how to handle these different arenas of life, these different pieces of life. And when you follow it, Life goes well. It gets really good. As you follow Him, and as you learn to do what He says in His Word, life comes together more and more as you do that. The Bible is much more than a book that you read once and you put it on the shelf, and then you graduate to something else. That's, that's not really what the Bible is, is meant to be. It's not something that, like, we're used to that in America. We, you know, we go to first grade, then we go to second grade, third grade, fourth grade. And, you know, when you're in fifth grade, fourth grade is so fourth grade. I mean, you really, you really don't, you don't want to, you don't want to go back there. And we're used to this. You, you read something, you learn something, and then you graduate. The, the Bible isn't like that. The Bible is like an owner's manual. You know, when you buy something like a car or another item, stereo or something, you get an owner's manual. And the owner's manual goes through each of the features of the item to help you figure out how to use the item, how to get the most out of it. And you refer to the owner's manual. I only refer to it when I absolutely have to. I don't don't really want to read the owner's manual, but If I'm trying to figure something out, you go to the owner's manual, and it really helps you. That's the kind of book that God intended the Bible to be. You go back to it every day when you have problems, when you're trying to figure out the challenges you face, to get untangled from the habits that you're tied up in, to answer ultimate questions. That's the kind of book. It's an owner's manual to help you learn how to use the features of this life to to the best of your ability and get the most out of it and how to experience God's blessing in all of that. It's it's unlike any book you've ever read. Really, it's, it's unique out of all the books in the world. God's Word, the Bible, has the power to speak directly to us. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Bible 
comes alive because God brings it alive and speaks to us through it. When my daughter was about three or four, she's my daughter Lindsay now, she's 20, and she's a junior in college. I said she's a sophomore this morning. Sorry, hon, if you ever listen to this tape. I missed it by a year, but uh, she's a junior in college. But when she was three or four, we used to read devotions to her at night, and we'd read a little piece of scripture, and we'd talk about it. And one, one night I was reading this passage that says, And God said to Noah, and she went, <gasps> you, mean, you mean God talks to us, and we can talk to him, and we can communicate with God? And I thought, how important for her to get that. God really does communicate with us. He speaks to us. The Bible comes alive when you read it and you realize, hey, this this is God. I get accused sometimes of nanny cams in homes when I speak on Sunday mornings. Like, hey, how'd you know what I was going through this week? Well, I didn't. I don't have a clue as to what you're going through during the week, and I don't do any surveillance at all on your life. But what I do is I try to get into the Bible, and I try to lay it out there for you, and I try to let God speak to you through his word, and he's faithful to do that. The Bible comes alive as you get into it. God speaks through it. Through the Bible, he cuts through all the flat fat and gets to the heart of the matter. He, he gets to the heart of the issue. So God wants us to keep going to the Bible over and over again to untangle our life and our lives. The Bible is completely sufficient to help us sort out every aspect of our life. Since the Bible is God's word, the perspective in Scripture is, he wrote it, it claims to be God's word, you, you will never face a situation where the author hasn't anticipated that situation. He, he put life together. He made you and I. God, the one who wrote the Bible, he, he knows what you're going to go through. He knows what it's like to go through that because he became a person in Jesus Christ, so he understands. And he wrote in there everything we need to live life God's way. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at how he's done that in different situations and how he helps us untangle things like our future. Next week, we're going to dig into how he does it. We spend a lot of time wondering and worrying and preparing for the future. We wonder. It's my wife, Cindy, and I were watching football game last night, and she mentioned how she's annoyed at this commercial because you hear the, you know how texts make a certain noise, a bleep like that? Well, there's this certain commercial where the, the husband, it shows the husband, and he's texting with his wife, and his wife texts him, Hey, honey, I, I heard how much we need for retirement, and we're nowhere close. Yeah, babe, I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, they're going back. But the, it, it, it's an illustration of the fact that we spend a lot of time preparing for this. And, of course, the answer to retirement is the company that sponsored the ad. But the, these texts go back and forth because that, that is something we think about. How am I going to survive in the future? Am I going to live? Am I going to have enough to make it? We spend a lot of time worrying and wondering. The Bible actually says that preparing for the future is wise. Worrying about it and wondering about it is not. 
But also in the Bible, you find out very specific, practical things that you can do right now, today, that will make your future better. We're going to look at some of the big ideas next week in the Bible about that. It also helps us untangle our trials. It gives a great deal of perspective on our trials, the troubles that we're going through. It shows us how to get untangled and stay untangled. It, it shows us how to untangle our relationships. Very specific, practical advice. <clears throat> Easy to understand, hard to put into practice. Because we, we get caught in the web of our emotions and our thoughts and our habits. And it keeps us from doing life God's way. It, it also, the Bible also shows us how to untangle our decisions. And that's, that's an outline of what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. The Bible gives much guidance and clarity as we go about making our decisions in life. I'm going to be talking about one aspect of Scripture in this message series. The fact that you get into it, it comes alive, God speaks to you. And if you'll trust Him and trust His Word and live it out, life will be different. That's one way that you can gain confidence in the Bible. A lot of people question it, and that's good. You need to ask questions. But a lot of people don't have very much confidence in the Bible. I've been reading a book called How You Can Have Confidence in the Bible, (laughs) interestingly enough, by Harold Sala. And he, he goes through different pieces of evidence that bolster your confidence in the Scripture. He talks about manuscript evidence, which is the the way that historians check the accuracy of, of the reliability of an ancient document. He looks at history, how accurate it is, archaeology, prophecy, science. And you hear this idea that the Bible is full of errors. That's completely false. That is, not, that is a rumor that is not true. Um, every time that a historian will say, well, one time it mentions the Hittites. They didn't think they existed. Archaeology proves that what the Bible said is true. Every time. It's never been proven false. So people have gone for years. They have tried to get in and disprove the Bible. I'm going to study this. I'm going to lay it out. In their search to disprove the Bible, they come to faith. And they, they believe you can, you can gain confidence. If you're interested in that, talk to me after the service. I can give you some great books to look at that will help you gain confidence in the Scriptures in that way. What I'm talking about in this series is the Bible is not just a book full of information. It leads to transformation. It changes your life. And it's the go-to book. It's the book that we need to keep going back to, to try to sort out what's going on in our life, to sort out the next steps that we need to take in life. What did, how do we need to respond in this friendship, this relationship? It changes our life. I read this story in the book I just mentioned by Harold Sala. Gaylord Kambarami was the general secretary of the Bible Society in Zimbabwe. And he mentioned that he was trying to sell a New Testament to a man in Zimbabwe. And as he was talking about the New Testament, the man is sort of sizing up the New Testament. He's looking at the size. He's checking out the texture of the pages. And he told uh, Kambarami that 
He wasn't planning to read it. He was going to use the pages to smoke cigarettes. He, they, were just, they were just the right size and texture that he could tear out a page and um, roll up tobacco and smoke it. And so he said, I don't really want to buy it, but if you gave me that book, I would smoke it. That's what I would do. And so Kambarami says, okay, well, let's do this. I will give you this book. But before you smoke each page, I want you to promise that you'll read that page. And so the guy said, okay, I will. Fast forward about 15 years. Kambarami is in a convention. He's at a convention. He, he comes into the convention, takes a seat. The guy on the platform notices him and looks at him, and he stops, and he points him out, and he says, this is the guy who gave me a New Testament 15 years ago. And he said, I told him that I would read each page before I used it as cigarette paper. He said, I smoked Matthew. (laughs) I smoked Mark. I smoked Luke. But by the time I got to John, chapter 3, verse 16, my life had been changed. And I couldn't smoke anymore. (laughs) That's what we're talking about in this series. The Bible changes your life. If you'll get into it, try to understand the perspective that God's giving us in the Scripture and then begin to live it out. It untangles us. It untangles us as we live it out. God uses His Word to straighten out our lives. And I want to look at 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, because this is like an aerial view of how this happens. This, this is the process. All Scripture is inspired by God. Literally, it means breathed out or exhaled. This is saying that God's the source of these words. He's the author. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So you get an idea what the book, this is an owner's manual, to equip us to do the good we need to do in every part of life, every arena, every piece. This is what's given us. God's given us. Here's an illustration of this. Teaching shows you the path that you're to walk on. Reproof shows you where you've gotten off the path. And literally the word reproof in this in the Greek that this was originally written in means convicting like a jury convicts you of guilt. You ever read the Bible or heard somebody teach the Bible and, oh, I was wrong. That's right. I, that's, I've done that. That's, that's reproof. Correction is um, show, showing you how to get back on the path. Literally, that word correction means to write up again, to restore someone, someone who's fallen, someone who's gotten tangled up, to get them untangled, get them stood up. Stand, stand them up and restore them to get them right again. And then training. It shows you how to stay on the path. Like training an athlete, one of the things you do is you, you train as an athlete to develop the muscle memory to do the things that you need to do to succeed. The scripture shows us what we need to do 
to find God's blessing in every part of life. This is, this is how God untangles us through his word. We get into it. We see what he wants. We get reproved. We see where we've, we've fallen off of what he wants. We get corrected, and then we're trained in how to live life. That's, that's the process God takes us through over and over again. Let me illustrate it with one power-packed verse of Scripture, Ephesians 4.29. It's not on the screen. It's not in your listening guide. It's a verse that for a long time has been an owner's manual, a little piece of direction and guidance for me. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for edifying as fits the occasion that it, might, that it may impart grace to those who hear. That, that's the scripture. The teaching, it shows you how to, the path to walk on. This is what I should do. I should use my words to build up and impart grace. That's, that's the instruction in that passage. Reproof. When I use my words to tear down and manipulate others to do what I want, I'm off the path. Cutting, sarcastic remarks lack grace, and they're aimed at extracting your pound of flesh or... They're aimed at getting what I want somehow, and I get reproved. I, I've read that passage many times. I've reviewed it in Scripture memory many times, and some of the times God uses that to reprove me. Say, so, you know, you, you blew it there. Correction. God has shown me when I blow it with my words how to get back on track in the Scripture. I confess it to him, God, I, I said that, that was wrong. I confess it to the person I've hurt. I ask them to forgive me, and things are restored. That's the path of restoration. And then training. I can stay on the path by filtering out words that tear down and words that don't cut people slack and impart grace. I can change my selfish goal with my words with a godly goal to build and to bless. That's the training. I stay on the path by filtering my words based on that passage. I replace my goal with a good goal. To really change, you can't just stop doing wrong stuff. You have to start doing the right stuff. And in Scripture, the unique thing about the Bible is it shows you what to do. And so rather than just, why did I say, where did that come from? Why did I say that? Well, it came from here. (laughs) That's where it came. That's why you said that. Well, when you recognize it, you've got to replace your old patterns of tearing people down with things that build them up. You, you, You stop and then you start. God has used this process in my life hundreds and thousands of times. I can't count how many times God has used this. That's why we need to go back to the Bible over and over again to see what God has to say to us. I like the way the message puts this passage. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. 
Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. The Bible is unique, and we need to, we need to soak it in so that God can change us. Let's look at how to get untangled by God's word. There's some real specific guidance in James 1 on how, this, how to do this. What are some clear steps we can take? James 1, 19 through 25 says, My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This is the path to walk on. This is the teaching. Boy, if I could just listen to this, if I could... Embed this in my memory. Okay, it's slow to speak, not quick to speak. <laughs> it's, it's slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to become angry. That's the teaching. That's the path. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. That's reproof. We're off the track if we're using anger to get our way. If we're exploding or we're passively going after other people, that's, that's the reproof. This isn't the way to get the life God wants you to have. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil. That's correction. This is how you get back on the path. You get rid of the moral filth and the evil. Evil in Scripture is, I don't really, it, this is the idea. I don't really want to hurt you, but I'll hurt you if you're in my way from, and if I need you to give me what, what I want. I will hurt you. That's, that's the idea behind evil. So we get rid of that. We need to confess. We need to walk away from that. We get rid of it. And here's the training. This is how you stay on the path. You humbly accept the the word planted in you, which can save you. You do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. You do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it, do what it says, is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. This happened a lot in their day. Only very wealthy people had mirrors. So in this day, when this was written, most people didn't realize what they looked. Can you imagine walking around not knowing what you look like? You got hairs all over the place. And yeah, you got stuff on your face. Who, who cares? I don't know what I look like. But anyway, this happened a lot because they didn't see themselves in a mirror very often. And so that... They could relate. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen myself in a mirror in a while. Well, the Bible is like a mirror. And it, it shows you what's really going on inside. Remember, it's alive. God speaks to you, and he cuts through the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. He cuts through the fact, gets to the heart of the matter. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, He will be blessed in what he does. Here's what you and I need to do to get untangled over and over again. First of all, humbly accept what God says to you through his word. You let the word that God speaks to you get planted in you. When you hear it, you have to receive it. You have a part in the the exchange here. If you want to be changed, you have to admit, God, that's right. I was wrong there. That takes humility. Father, that, that's exactly what I needed to hear this morning. That's what, what you said there. I, I, you are exactly right. I don't have it all figured out. I need your help. Would you, would you keep showing me? Humbly accept what God says. Second, 
take a close look at what God is saying. The phrase, look intently, means literally like you're walking along. I, I walk through my neighborhood up down the hills, and when I see something glistening on the ground, I stop, and I look to see if it's, a, if it's money. If it's money, I'm picking it up, putting it in my pocket. But that's, that's literally what this, verb, this phrase looks intently. It literally means that you stop and you stoop and you bend down to look at it more closely. That, that's what it takes. If you really want to get what God intends for you to get out of the Bible, you have to really give the time to soak it in. You have to think about it. When God says something to you as you're reading or listening or as, as you're handling things, when God says something to you, you need to stop, make a note of it, and go back to it to, to investigate what exactly that means, to take the time to take a closer look. The Bible is like a mirror that shows you the good, bad, and the ugly about yourself. To get untangled, we have to stoop down. We have to look close, closely. We have to identify the changes that need to be made, made and and discover the prescription to get out of the habits and untangle the things that we're all tangled up in. Good doctors do two things. I personally appreciate a doctor who spends time with me to find out exactly what's going on. They're not in a hurry. They, they listen to what's going on so they can make the right diagnosis. And then they tell you the truth. They tell you the truth because the facts are your friends. You need the friends in order to get the right prescription. That's exactly what the Bible does. But you and I have to take the time to soak it in. We have to take the time to let God speak. And then not only get reproved, but we need to give him time to correct us. To show us the path out of the trouble that we're in. And then to train us. And that takes time to, to learn all the aspects and everything that God says about it. And it takes time to understand it. So that's what we need to look intently into the perfect law of liberty. Take a close look at what he's saying. Give God time to speak. And then finally, don't forget what he said and do it. You'll find his blessing. In each of the messages over the next few weeks, remember is a very important word. Don't forget. Remember. Because it's only as you remember what God said in the Scripture and what He's applied to your life as He speaks to you through it, it's only as you remember it in the day-to-day of life and do it that you find His blessing. We've got to keep remembering what it is. It's, it's God's law. That gives freedom. I love that play on words. It's a perfect law of liberty. The perfect law that gives freedom. Because as you get in line with God's way, He frees you up from being tangled, all, all caught in the web of your wrong thoughts and emotions and habits. That's what the law does. It untangles you. This is the way to really Enjoy life. This is the way to find God's blessing here and on into eternity by getting into the Scripture and learning what God says about life. One of my favorite passages, Psalm 19.7. 
The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. That's what it does. It revives you too. As you get into the Word, I get up some morning and I am completely demotivated and I just, you know, oh no, another day, good grief, I've got to deal with this. Sometimes when I go through my scripture memory, God starts reviving my soul from deep within. There's the, the Bible is not just a book with words in it. It has power to give you help and direction and motivation because God speaks through it to do that. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Wisdom is the ability to handle the flow of life and respond to the different situations and circumstances in life in a way that's going to make it good, that's going to honor God, and it's going to make life good for you and the people who are under your care. Wisdom is important. The Bible is the key to gaining that kind of wisdom. That's what this series is going to be about, how God changes us and untangles us through this word. In a few moments, we're going to receive our offering, uh, but first, I'd like to look at some ways that God might have spoken to you through the word and consider some next steps to take as a result of that. Because we figured out why we do this every week. I talk about next steps, and you might get, you know, oh boy, here he goes again, next steps, next steps. I was a baby a long time ago. I don't need my first soap. But um, we do it because the blessing is in the doing. It's not in the knowing. It's, it's in the doing. So that's why it's important to take these steps or to take some steps. Here's some suggestions. You may have some others that you want to take. First of all, memorize James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Second, begin to read the Bible and ask God to speak to me. Maybe you haven't made it a habit or a pattern of reading the Bible and trying to hear what God says to you through it. That's a step you could take. I'm going to begin to read a little, just a paragraph every day and ask God to speak to you through that paragraph and watch as, as you go along. Um, a third step could be to uh, carefully think about what God has said to me as I read the Bible. Maybe you kind of have skimmed the Bible. Sometimes we skim the Bible. We don't read the Bible. We just sort of skim it and we check it out. Okay, I read the Bible. Good. I won't get squashed today because I read the Bible. I'm okay. That's not, that's not what God wants us to get to know him through the Bible. He, he wants us to, to gain understanding of the way he thinks and what he says and how he's put life together. It's, it's not just reading it so we can get the monkey off our back and move on. It's reading it so we can begin to think the way God does, so that we can begin to see life the way that God does. And as we begin to see it and take action based on that perspective, life changes. It gets very different. Another step you could take is purchase and read 30 Days to Understanding the Bible by Max Anders. If you want to get your hands around the Bible and how it's put together and, and make sense of the Bible is a book itself. That's a very helpful uh, book to, to read. It's, there's a little exercise. There's a reading you do every day, 15 to 30 minutes, and it shows you how the book's put together and how to make sense of reading the Bible. Very helpful book. And then finally, plan to attend the rest of this message series. Could be a step. Just to see the different ways 
that God's Word helps us to get untangled. Would you pray with me as we close the message and as the band comes up? Father, we, we are so grateful. I am. I am so grateful that you have given us your Word, the Bible, to teach us, to instruct us. It is, it is wholly sufficient for everything we need as we figure out what life's all about. Help us, God, more and more to filter our thoughts, to filter the thoughts that we hear in, in the media and different places, from friends, wherever, God. Help us to filter those things through your word so that we could un- get to the truth and so that we could find the freedom that comes from the perfect law the freedom to be the people that you've made us to be. God, help us with this, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.